Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This just in breaking news. Twitter shareholders voted to approve Elon Musk's $44 billion bid to buy the company and take it private. So this vote comes as Musk seeks to get rid of the deal. He wants to get rid of the Twitter deal. And it casts doubt right now on Twitter's self-reported percentage of bot accounts and alleging that the company was not as forthcoming in their offerings uh, as it should have been to calculate how much money Elon was going to buy Twitter for. Now, Twitter says that they only have about 5% of monetizable daily active users that are spam or fake, and also said that provided Musk with plenty of information required to show that this is actually true, but Elon is always pushing back against them and saying, hey, this doesn't seem to be like the case. You know, if you've seen Elon Musk's tweets, you know that basically every first person, quote person, that uh, comments on any of his posts, it's a bot. And they're trying to scam you out of Bitcoin. So as you can tell uh, from him alone, he's a very small subset of Twitter, but he's also a very powerful user. So uh, Twitter sued Musk for allegedly breaching the agreement and the case is going through uh, the Delaware Court of Chancery with a trial which will begin in October. So Elon says, hey, you don't have enough users here. You have a, a lot of bots, a lot of fake users, and you lied to me. I'm not gonna pay that much money for this. But the judge for this case uh, recently allowed Musk to revise his counterclaim against Twitter to include allegations made by a former Twitter security chief who filed a whistleblower camp, uh, complaint which claimed security filings by the company were wrong. Uh, Peter Zatko is the name of this whistleblower, and they've testified before a Senate panel earlier on Tuesday. So the Twitter shareholders are all in for Musk, but Twitter is still suing Musk, so Musk can buy Twitter, and Musk doesn't want to buy Twitter because there's not enough people on Twitter to buy uh, that's worth the money. So it's a very convoluted situation, but it looks like the shareholders and everybody that's involved in Twitter, other than Twitter, the company, um, you know, or every, actually Twitter, the company is cool with it, but I'm sorry, Elon Musk is not cool with it. So I misspoke there. Elon wants to know if there's a lot of bots. We'll find out in court uh, in October. If Elon, Elon can turn around right now and say, you know what? It sounds like a good idea. I take it all back. And let's buy Twitter. Let's get this over with. $44 billion. I don't know. It seems like a very complex situation, but we'll see what happens in the future. And here's another thing that's going on with Elon. He said that he's going to get Tesla's self-driving technology ready by year-end in hopes it could be released 
in a wide variety in the United States and possibly in Europe, depending on regulatory approval. So Elon Musk spoke at an energy conference in Norway, and he said that his intention was currently focused on Starship at that point and self-driving Tesla cars. So Starship is at a point where they're testing the booster and the ship almost every day. They're spinning up the engines, they're static firing. There was a static fire actually um, two days ago, and the static fire of Ship 24 caused a fire for tens of acres. 50 or 60 acres, I think it was 68 acres of the protected wetlands around Starbase in Texas, they were on fire. And according to the PEA, which was issued by the FAA, and they worked together with SpaceX, SpaceX kind of told the FAA, hey, we know these things are going to happen, but we're going to try to mitigate these circumstances. So what happened was large fire, fire departments were brought down to SpaceX's Starbase, and everything was under control in about five hours. But it was a pretty decent-sized blaze. And when they got through with all the uh, mitigation processes that night, uh, it seemed like there was very little damage done to the um, the critters that are nearby, the crabs, the frogs, etc. Uh, they've only They only found a few crabs that were dead, and they found a few frogs, I believe. But there were also uh, pieces of the, um, the launch pad or I'm sorry, the test pad, the concrete was blown about 300 feet away from the pad. It's a, a hardened concrete. So the blast from the six Raptor engines, three vacuum engines, and three uh, regular engines, they were too much for this concrete, and the concrete blew out like 300 feet. One of the pieces of concrete landed in a dumpster, caused a dumpster fire, a literal dumpster fire, and it was kind of crazy. So that's being done down at Starbase. Elon Musk said, by the end of this year, let's get full self-driving to happen. So he's working on Tesla. He says the te two technology I'm focused on, trying to ideally get done before the end of the year, are getting our Starship into orbit and then having Tesla cars to be able to do self-driving. And he says, have self-driving in wide release, at least in the US and potentially in Europe, depending on regulatory approval. Now, do we still need gas and, and uh, oil at this point? We sure do. You know, uh, the whole system is built on these two technologies, oil and gas. We must continue to extract oil and gas in order to sustain civilization. Civilization, that's what Musk said. So let's, let's listen to this. He says, realistically, I think we need to use oil and gas in the short term because otherwise civilization will crumble, Musk told the reporters. And... Ask, uh, so they also asked if Norway should continue to drill for oil and gas. Musk said, I think some additional exploration is warranted at this time. So possibly more oil and gas. Elon, Elon knows the real situation here. You know, you can't just sit back and expect your 4% of the auto industry, which is Tesla, it's around 4%, 4 or 5%, um, to kind of take over everything. It doesn't happen that fast, unfortunately. And Elon knows this. He knows that, you know, we can't get off gas. We can't get off oil. These are the things that make daily life happen. And coal, too. We have coal power plants. And some of these power plants actually power the stations and the, the houses that have um, superchargers in them. So if you have a charger in your house, your house might be connected to the grid, and the grid might be powered by coal or gas. So he understands that that's a thing that needs to be happening. Um, 
Elon says one of the biggest challenges the world has ever faced is the transition to sustainable energy and a sustainable economy that will take some decades to complete. So he knows it's going to take some time. You can't just stop everything. If you stopped everything, it would be absolute turmoil. And he said uh, about offshore wind power generation in the North Sea, he says that it's good. And he said um, stationary battery packs, he said it could provide a strong, sustainable energy source in the winter. So if you think about it, wind power that powers the grid while there's wind and then there's battery packs for the backups, that seems like a pretty good win-win situation for any sort of economy. Any Anywhere where people live, wind is very, very clean. Uh, you might have to worry about birds and other, um, other animals, but at that point, you're not polluting the air. Um, but then you store things in the battery packs. Those battery packs last for a long time. So replace a battery pack every once in a while. You still have those wind turbines in the North Sea. And he says it could provide a strong, sustainable energy source in the winter. So I'm going to play that whole interview for you right after this. And I want you to uh, to listen to that because it's pretty cool. It's a very in-depth interview. So I want to say thanks for listening. Um, if you could hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on, I would greatly appreciate that because it really does help out the show so, so much. Thank you so much for all your time and all your support. And here's the interview with Elon. Elon Musk, please do join me. Such a pleasure. Oh. So, welcome. Nice to be here. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Let me start. Tell us how you think about trust. <laughs> Well, I, I believe in trust and transparency and uh, the pursuit of truth in general. Um, but I mean, first, let me just take a moment to say thank you for inviting me, and it's an incredible honor to be here. Um, so uh, I love Norway. So. This show is brought to you by Backblaze. I use Backblaze to back up my podcast, my video files, all of my writing stuff, and all my photos. And you get unlimited computer backup for Macs and PCs for just $7 a month. You can back up your own documents, photos, videos, drawings, projects, all of your data and access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using the web app. And you can access the files on your mobile too. iOS, Android apps, all covered. And this is the cool part. This is my favorite part. You can restore it by mail. A hard drive will come to your house with all your data shipped to your door. It could come to your business too. And you can restore return refund program. So you can buy a hard drive restore, send the hard drive back within 30 days, and get a full refund. So basically they ship you this hard drive and then you ship it back and you don't ever pay for it, which is the perfect program for somebody who has huge files and you don't want to waste days and days downloading terabytes and teraflops of data. And if you're worried about accidentally deleting your files, two bucks extra a month, you can increase your retention history to one year. And I use it for all of my video files. It comes in super handy. So $7 plus $2, $9 a month, and you get everything backed up. Ease of mind for up to a year. And if you use the URL backblaze.com slash Elon, you get a fully featured 15-day no credit card required 
free trial. Check it out. Play with it. Start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Back your stuff up. It's recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9 to 5 Mac, and more. And it's recently been listed on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange under BLZE, so you know they're legit. Backblaze is committed more than ever to bringing easy and affordable data storage that you can trust. Don't be that person that forgot to back up their important files. We've got your back. Sign up for a free 15-day trial. No credit card required. Go there, sign up, play with it. It's really powerful and it's really easy to use. So go to backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. And, um, and, and I, I just want to, to thank um, the, the leaders and the, the, the people of Norway for their longstanding support of electric vehicles uh, and sustainable energy. Um, and I just want uh, you know, the, the people of Norway to know that, hey, you, you really made a difference. And, uh, you know, so I want I thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. But I'm still going to come back to the question. <laughs> tell me, tell me, how do you think about trust? Well, I think there's, um, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's really quite a philosophical question. It is. And uh, one could wax on at length about that. Um, I guess, um, you know, um, we're talking about Twitter. <laughs> I was told that's the one topic I'm not to talk about, so I'm going to avoid it. No, they, they both start with a T, I suppose. Um, well, I mean, I do think that with respect to uh, information, um, you know, generally people want to know that the information that they're receiving is uh, accurate, uh, that it is a representative uh, of the full picture, um, and they want to be able to believe what they read and, and not feel that it's overly biased or at least understand the nature of the bias. Um, so I think um, one of the key things to trust is transparency um, and uh, for people to really know, uh, you know, if, if there's like a social media company or something to understand what the algorithm is. So to open source the algorithm so people can look at it and critique it and it's not a black box. Um, and then if there are any modifications done by people at that social media company that they're clear and, again, transparent, um, and so it's not hidden. Um, and um, and, and I, you know, I believe in the, the sort of free flow of ideas um, and, uh, and just generally erring on the side of uh, free speech uh, with, within the boundaries of the law. Within the boundaries of the law. It's a great place to start, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you, you can't go sort of beyond that without being arrested, I think. Yeah. Let's move on, shall we? Um, you've been a great disruptor of technology, technological models in energy and space. Where is the unexplored area for disruption? Well, you know, I find the word disruption... Um, I mean, I don't aim to disrupt for the sake of disrupting, you know. Um, it, it's, it's more like there's... Um, thinking about what set of actions, what set of actions are most likely to lead to a better future. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, in, in order, for, one of the things obviously in order for, to, for humanity to have a compelling future for civilization is that we must have a clear path to a sustainable energy future. That's one of the things that I think everyone I think would, would agree with. Um, 
Now, I actually am th not someone who, who would tend to sort of demonize oil and gas, to be clear. Um, this is necessary uh, right now or, or civilization could not function. So I do think we actually need, um, and actually at this time, I think we actually need uh, more oil and gas, not less. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but simultaneously uh, moving as fast as we can to a sustainable uh, energy uh, economy. And I thought the words of the Prime Minister were uh, just spot on. You know, it's, um, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's a, a large effort for uh, uh, so ocean wind, because that, that's, uh, that, that, that's a, I think, a massive untapped potential. Um, I, I would say go even more than what the Prime Minister said, frankly. It's like, <laughs> that, that's, uh, you know, I mean, if you did a 100 by 100 array um, uh, of 10 megawatt systems, you'd have 100 uh, gigawatt capability. Um, so. And, and then uh, you do need to combine that with uh, stationary storage battery packs to buffer the energy because sometimes the wind blows and sometimes it doesn't blow. <laughs> or it doesn't blow as hard. And so, so you, need, you need to buffer it with, with battery packs, stationary battery packs, uh, and Tesla and other companies are also making that. So the, the sort of the three uh, pillars of a sustainable energy future are sustainable energy generation, uh, which is uh, hydro, geothermal, wind, solar, I'm also pro-nuclear. Um, I mean, I, I think it's, we, we should really keep going with the nuclear plants. I know this may be an unpopular view in some quarters, but I, th I think if you have a well-designed nuclear power plant, you should not shut it down, <laughs> um, especially right now. <laughs> um, so, um, but I, I try to say what I, what I think is, uh, you know, scientifically cogent, even if it is not popular. Uh, so. Um, and um, anyway, so the, the pillars are sustainable energy generation, but then must also store the energy mm -hmm. uh, because many of the, the, the two main sources of, of sustainable energy, wind and solar, are intermittent. Mm -hmm. The wind doesn't always blow, mm -hmm. the sun doesn't always shine, so you must uh, buffer the energy in, in stationary battery packs. And then the, the third element, uh, obviously, is uh, electric vehicles. So electric mm -hmm. cars, trucks, uh, aircraft, boats, uh, with the ironic exception of rockets. Um, <laughs> Um, but but, uh, but I, I, we do have a plan for uh, sustainably producing the rocket propellant, which is actually uh, uh, almost 80% uh, uh, liquid oxygen. So liquid oxygen you can get uh, from obviously from the atmosphere, um, and then the, uh, our, our, we're going with a methane uh, fuel, uh, which is 20% of the propellant. Um, but that you can make uh, also sustainably long term. Uh, from uh, CO2 and uh, water, H2O, which produces CH4 and O2. So that's the so sort of sustainable long-term path for rocket propellant generation. And, and that's how it would have to be done on Mars, for example. Um, so not electrifying quite yet. Um, <laughs> we, we, are, we do actually have sustainable power generation for some of our propellant uh, generation already, but it's, okay. it's a small percentage now, but it will be a big percentage in the future. Okay. Yeah. So what do you... You know, you've got, I was about to say the energy in industry here, but that's probably an exaggeration. You've got a you know, pretty, pretty significant set of the energy industry here. Um, if you were to look ahead 5, 10, 15 years, what is the disruption going to look like in the energy industry? Well, I think we'll see tremendous change over the next 5, 10, or 15 years. Um, I would say, like, if you say that by, by 
by, by 2030, I would say probably half of all new cars made will be electric. 2030, half of all new cars. That's my guess, yeah. Okay. Um, by 2035, it, it might be 80% or something like that. Um, I think it, it could be even higher than those numbers, but the, the, um, the, the car industry is moving rapidly towards mm. uh, electric. And, um, you know, one, one country after another and one state after another is, uh, are making um, zero emission mandates. California mm. recently mm. passed uh, uh, zero emission ma mandate, oh, oh, new cars sold in California, I think 2035 uh, can only be um, zero emission. So, the UK is as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's clearly the people of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> people of earth have decided this is the way to go. Um, and so I think this is, so we'll see quite a tremendous change in, in that regard. Um, and if you look at the streets of Norway, you actually see an advanced version of that because Norway has a um, some of the highest, uh, in, in fact, no, Norway's, I, I believe, gone to majority electric yeah. vehicles uh, yeah. of, of new cars sold, yeah. which, is, which is great. Um, again, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so, so it's pretty cool. So if I, if I pick up on that idea, so the future, the biggest change you see for the energy industry is electrification, electric car vehicles, uh, light transport, maybe heavy transport. Um, what does that mean about supply chains? So if you kind of yeah. roll that backwards, what is the supply chain going to be? What are you worried about if we're going to meet that rise? Yeah, so the, the interesting thing is that you say, like, what, what, is the, what, are the, what are the limiting factors governing the rate at which mm -hmm. the world can transition to sustainable energy? Um, and I think it's the rate at which uh, one can grow uh, battery production. Okay. So then if you say, well, what are the constituents in the battery, um, in lithium-ion batteries, it's... Uh, you, you've obviously got lithium, um, you've got uh, a cathode, which is the, the, the main cathode materials are going to be a metal, and that's uh, nickel, manganese, uh, and iron. Mm -hmm. um, and on the uh, anode side, it's primarily uh, uh, carbon, uh, graphite. Um, and um, so in a sense, you're sequestering a little bit of carbon in the battery. <laughs> um, and uh, and with, with some silicon added for energy density on the anode side. And then there's the electrolyte and whatnot. So it's, 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 it's and, and, the, and the main limitation is actually not that these metals are exceptionally rare, um, but that there's a, a tremendous amount of processing equipment to take the ore and turn it into battery grade uh, materials. Because the, the battery grade um, anode and cathode have to be extremely pure mm -hmm. in order for the battery to um, last for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's sort of processing of those elements. And I'm sort of writing this sort of master plan part three, which is what are the steps needed to scale uh, sustainable energy? And um, again, what, what are the limiting factors and, mm -hmm. and, and how can we potentially accelerate these? Um, so hopefully finish that in a month or two. So do you want to give us a preview? What are the gating functions, if you will, that we need to get over? What are the, what are the big uh, steps? Well, the materials that I mentioned are, yeah. are really essential. So it's, it's generation, it's processing. Yes, the, the, there's, there's actually, there's not a raw material constraint. So there's okay. actually a tremendous amount of lithium. Uh, lithium's almost everywhere. Um, it's, it's one of the most common elements on Earth. So is iron, mm -hmm. and so is carbon. Um, and then on the iron, you, sh you usually combine um, phosphorus, so it's iron phosphate. Um, 
So th that'll probably be the, the biggest uh, chemistry that's used. Um, so it's, it's not so much the raw materials as it is converting the raw materials into um, the highly purified form that can be used in batteries. And so, so that's a tremendous amount of, of processing needs to happen for that. Mm -hmm. um, at, 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 a, at really at the, at the sort of scale that is currently, uh, you know, comparable to the world oil and gas industry. So it's a, the scale is just tremendous. So, so this is all happening, and it's happening fast. It's just a question of how can we, what, what can we do to potentially accelerate that and make it go even faster. So it's all happening. It's just a question of when. And are you going to give us the answer to that? What can we do to accelerate it to make it happen even faster? If we're going to be 50% new electric vehicles sold uh, in, what, eight years, you said? I think, I think that's actually where we're, where we're trending, okay. even, if we, we, if, even if we just keep doing the things we're currently doing. Okay. Yeah, so it's, not, so it's pretty, so you don't pretty see good. A, you don't see a limiting function at the moment? No, I, I, don't, I don't see a limiting function. It's, it's really just um, how, how many years will it take us and are there actions we can, what, what actions can we take to have it be faster. And it's mm -hmm. going to be increasing the rate at which we can convert the uh, ore into battery-grade materials. That will set the rate at which we can build electric vehicles and stationary battery packs to capture solar and wind. Okay. Um, so this is all, you know, basically what, what I'm saying is, is, is this is a, uh, an optimistic and positive message. Um, and I, I'm not suggesting at all complacency. Um, but just saying that things are moving in a good direction, and but obviously if we can make them go even faster, that's better. And a lot of this happens in China, right? At the moment, today. So, yes. <laughs> yes. So you said last year that you thought trust in China would improve, improve post-COVID. So do you think that's happened? Do you see China as an investment opportunity today? Well, Tesla is actually investing mm -hmm. in uh, production in, in China. So we have uh, a large factory in Shanghai, and mm -hmm. we are continuing to expand output and invest in that factory. Um, but we're also investing in Europe with our factory um, just outside of Berlin, mm -hmm. um, and in the U.S. with our new factory just outside of Austin. Okay. So, and we, we hope to announce um, a location for another gigafactory perhaps later this year. So we're going as fast as we can, and I've always said that the, I would say like when you look at Tesla, the, the fundamental good that Tesla does, I think it's not measured by profit, but rather uh, by how many years will Tesla have accelerated the transition to sustainable energy? This is how okay. I think this one should look This is your measure of success. Yes, yes, yes. And and I, th I think we have accelerated it to some degree already. Um, you know, I think if it wasn't for Tesla, the, the car industry would have transitioned to EVs much uh, later. So Exponential curve or straight it is, line? It is a somewhat, of, it is an exponential curve, yes. Okay. You know yeah. you're making me use my chemistry and my maths, which yeah. I haven't done in yeah, I, I, I a so few decades. Most people don't know what a, an exponential curve means, but it's a... I, I think most people like in this, this room... Maybe this room, yes, this, yes. This room, they know, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. How about a logarithmic curve? <laughs> Log now that's optimistic. <laughs> no, well, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Can you do it? Uh, no, I, well, I think th I think the, the 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 things are improving exponentially with respect to sustainable energy. So, okay. uh, but if we can go, make it go faster, all the better. So, how do we go from exponential to log logarithmic? 
Well, I no, I think. Well, Come on, you've thought about this. I know you've <laughs> thought about this. Logarithmic is is actually fast in the beginning, but slow at the end. So I think we we, we actually. It, it, what will actually happen is 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 a transition from. Uh, it'll follow, it's following an S-curve, so you have an exponential mm -hmm. increase, then linear, and then logarithmic. Um, and that's, that's basically how any transition, uh, large industrial transition happens. I think I'm going to get off math now, because okay. I could get into trouble. Um, what's your approach to risk? How would you talk about that? <laughs> I'm back to philosophy. I'm safer in philosophy. Well, I think... It, it, I, mean, I, mean, you, I, I, I don't sort of like, you know, just arbitrarily uh, seek risk. Um, I think there's, you know, some things are risky, but if the, you know, if, if the stakes are important enough, then you take the risk. Because, yeah. <laughs> And today the stakes are important enough. Um, yes, I mean, the stakes are very extremely important. <laughs> very fundamental to the future, yes. Because you take, I'm guessing, I'm just, you know, I don't know everybody in this room, but my guess is, is that you take significantly more risk than possibly anybody in this room, but certainly more than 95% of the people in this room. What, what allows you to take those risks? Are you faster? Are you smarter? Do you think differently? What do you do differently that allows you to do something that most people here, smart as they are, can't do? Well, I think there's probably a lot of people in this room that do take a lot of risks, but... I do take risks. <laughs> <laughs> I probably can win. <laughs> well, we've got a volunteer, okay. but before you... I really like... No, no, no. I want to hear what uh, Elon has to say about how he takes risks. Anyway, I literally just try to use a scientific method, frankly, and, uh, w you know, consider the... Um, you know, what, what is the importance of the outcome and what... Uh, what, what is one risking in, to, in order to achieve that outcome? And, uh, but like I said, if the outcome is important enough, even if the probability of success is low, one must, I think, still, still do it, still do it. In, in my view. Um, you know, it, some things are very important and if, to the, in order to have a good future, and if we don't do them, well, then we're in big trouble. And so, I, and then, then how much of a risk really is it? Because if we don't take those actions, we won't have a good future. Um, and I think the riskiest thing would be no action. So it's almost as though it's really not a risk. It's not a choice at all. Not really. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I think it's wonderful that you can change the world because you really can change the world and you have. You have the um, ability to do what, in many cases, not even governments can do. I mean, I, I, as I was doing a little bit of research for this panel, um, one of the data points that um, I saw is you were able to turn on, if you will, the internet in Ukraine in just four hours. What, what kind of responsibility do you feel as a corporate leader you have when you have that kind of power? How do you think well, about it, that? Well, I think it was a bit, bit longer than four days, but uh, uh, it, was, it was about, oh, sorry, four, four hours, about four days, I think. Um, but but we did we did well we, we, we did have some um, guess that maybe there would be something happening in Ukraine and uh, and so we did preposition uh, some Starlink terminals there uh, just in case um, so uh, that was helpful for the initial 
uh, part of the invasion, and then we accelerated delivery of a lot of terminals within a few days of the invasion taking place. Um, and uh, the Ukrainian government tells me it's been very helpful. Um, so. Yeah. Forethought is the answer, perhaps. I mean, forethought and, and just moving quickly, yeah. uh, decisively. Um, yeah, so I, d I do hope a, a peace, some peace can be achieved in Ukraine and Russia. You know, that's, um, you know, I, I do some, think some, short, some thought should be, should be given to, you know, what's the end game there? Um, and um, I think the end game will require some compromise on the, the part of both parties. You've said that what you're solving at Tesla is an AI problem, not a transportation problem. And you talk about the next big disruption being AI. What can AI do to help combat climate change, particularly in this period, the short-term period, as we're transitioning? Well, and Tesla's goal from, from when we started it has always been to accelerate sustainability. So that is still our primary goal by far. Uh, we have a secondary goal, which is to solve um, at least real-world intelligence as it applies to self-driving cars, mm -hmm. and um, and then potentially, you know, with with uh, humanoid robots. Um, but you know, it's and, and so, so Tesla is in part an AI company, um, and increasingly an AI company, but is still primarily a sustainable energy company. Um, I think um, AI, what will AI do? I, I, I don't think we need AI to solve sustainability. Mm -hmm. uh, th that, is, that is happening. It might help us accelerate it. Um, but I think we should also be cautious about AI and, and just make sure that as we develop AI that it uh, is, um, you know, it doesn't get out of control and, mm -hmm. and that uh, that the AI helps make the future better for humanity. And that's something I know you're working quite a lot on. I think we should be more worried about AI safety than we currently are. Yeah. Especially, you know, the, the future wars are really gonna be, and we're seeing a taste of that within, in Ukraine, uh, very much uh, drone wars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if, if your drones are better than their drones, then you won't, basically, is what'll happen. Thus has, has it always been. Um, no, that's going to be, it hasn't been that, but it will. It will be. <laughs> uh, um, final question, we've just got a minute. What keeps you up at night, and what are you doing about it? <laughs> or do you sleep soundly every night? Well, there's the, the, the two main technical, I mean, I'm fundamentally a technologist. It's a kind of important, or engineer, too, so... You know, sometimes people call me like a businessman. I guess I have to do business. You have to have a group of people because I can't just do this in a garage by myself. Um, but I'm fundamentally an engineer or a technologist, and so the, the two uh, the, the two technologies I'm focused on trying to ideally get done before the end of the year are getting our Starship uh, to orbit, uh, which I think is important for expanding consciousness uh, beyond Earth um, and life beyond Earth. Uh, and, um, and and then uh, having the Tesla cars be able to do self-driving. Um, so it, 
have self-driving and wide release, at least in the U.S. and, uh, and hopefully uh, potentially in Europe, depending on regulatory approval. 